When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. All of this power came from the pain. I put in twice the work, but I never complained. Curry in his bag, got it! The Warriors starting to put together one of those prolific third quarters. Curry! Cooking! Launches! The Warriors have responded. They have flat out outworked the Boston Celtics. We the 18. 18. Keyshawn, J. Willamax, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Good morning, guys. Oh, what up, baby? What's happening? You know, how you sound stuffy, Max? What you been doing? Key, this it's thing still- I've had a I've had a cold that keeps like the thing goes away for the most part. I'm like, okay, I'm better, and then comes back. I, 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 I haven't been healthy in like a month. Oh, you're healthy. Where's the Lysol when you need it? No, it's okay. I'm just breathing all over, spitting all over Key's mic. It's all good. That's okay. It'll be baked in Lysol he, by the, when I get back. It is so funny the way he does that. He comes he's smart. I'm not I'm not arguing against him. It sprays down the whole thing. <laughs> as soon as he sits down in the, the chair when, he, he's, when he's on the East Coast, too. sprays it all down. Yeah. I want to create one of those little barrier plexiglasses here between us, between Smart. the show. Yes. Smart. Yeah, I will. It just uh, you know, doesn't open the sides. You know, it leaves all the sides open. Just this little you know, right here. Right here. <laughs> Jay, you, it's so funny you said that. I went to a restaurant with our family on Saturday. <laughs> and we walk in, and they have the, exact what you're saying, right? Every little seat and everything had the little thingy. I'm like, that doesn't, but I can't just, do anything. I'm walking to the restroom and I'm walking right past you. Okay, let me hand you your drink around the plexiglass. Oh, here you go. There it goes right there. But, you know, even before the pandemic, I used to, like, shaking hands and stuff. Can we just, what we should do is like what the Japanese do, just bow to No, we're full on. Like, we don't need to be touching we're back. everybody. We're back to, to shaking hands. We're back to shaking hands. I like uh, uh, the one good thing. Hopefully, we could take yeah. out of this is people need to stop touching yeah. each other. Just, yeah, just say what's up. The shaking hand game the other day, Jay. Somebody tried to shake my hand when I left New York yeah. in the airport, right? So I kept. I gave him this one first. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> the elbow. The elbow. He talked a little bit longer. You know, I'm being nice. Then the exit then, handshake. Then he gave me the. Then I. He tried mm-hmm. to shake my hand again. Mm-hmm. I gave him the pile. Mm-hmm. And then we talk a little bit longer. Then he tried to stick the hand. I'm like, yo, man, how I ain't touching no hands ways. right now, Tom. How many different ways can I show you we're not shaking hands? The worst is when you, you fist bump like, you know, 50,000 people. And then one dude, when you're not, not expecting it, right, shoots out their hand. So then automatically your hand, oh, your hand shoots out. Now, everyone you gave a pound to because you wouldn't shake the hands looking at you like, what's wrong with me? Well, then, what's see, wrong with I, my got, I went to a birthday party this weekend, and I'm pounding, elbowing everybody. And then I watch everybody, my daughter. Shaking everybody's hand. I'm like, oh, well, right. It's too late then. I'm already in it now. Yeah, she's rubbing, she's, uh, yeah, rubbing off. It's so funny speaking. I want to move on from here, but <laughs> you said birthday party. Oh, so I my, saw your birthday party. Huh? Hey, relax. Hey. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter had her birthday party 
And so my sister showed up. My sister double mask. So she sat down in eight and had to take her mask off. Wait, Jay. Wait, Jay. I said. How does that work? I said, sis, come on now. Like, what what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, okay. I got The world we live in now, Max. That's it. Well, fellas, that was a lot of fun, but it's time to get to Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So, Steph, Jay, try and tell you about Steph. Oh, you are. <laughs> well, now I am. are. You are you feeling what? better today? I, I listen. I don't. When you oh narratives, narratives. I don't write them. I just read them. No, That's you make right. them up. I don't make them you up. Make I them just up. tell you how it is. You make them up. Here's Steph Curry. He's a guard for the uh, Golden State Warriors, Jay. With Lisa Salters, the great Lisa Salters, on the impact that Draymond Green had on Game Two. Just being himself, finding different ways to impact the game on, the, on, on both ends of the floor. Like sometimes it's just, it shows up in the stat sheet across the board. Sometimes you just feel his energy and his focus and his passion, um, and, and that, that gives us a lot of life. So I know he took uh, Game One personally in terms of getting back to his standard, and it was great to see. So Ben Wallace told me something back in 2000 that really kind of shaped my mindset about the NBA and players, right? He said, Jay, Will, get in where you fit in. So job description, knowing your role and elevating your role is what gets you paid a lot of money. So job description for Draymond Green, irritant, right? You talk about agitator. You talk about a guy who, uh, provoker, gets people engaged, that is who he is. That's the epitome of provocateur. Who he is. Provocateur. Yeah. Right? The epitome. First possession last night. Jump ball on Al Horford. Rips the ball from him. Rolls him down the ground. Then you think about following up. Gets a technical foul with Grant Williams. Agitates Grant Williams. Baits Jason Tatum into a foul. Has Jalen Brown down on the ground. Leaves his leg hanging on his head, right? Can't remove his leg. Jalen Brown reacts. He pushes him back. There you go. Marcus Smart engaging him. He engaged everybody on the Boston Celtics team. And now there's a lot of reasons why Boston lost this game, but Draymond Green is one of the main reasons why Golden State won this game because you felt the energy from the first possession of the damn ball game. And that matters because it felt like in game one, Golden State got a little bit punked when, when Jalen Brown and Boston made that run. So right from the table, it was like, hey, I'm engaging everybody psychologically. You're all going to engage with me, and I'm going to take your mind away from what you really need to be focused on, Key. Yeah, you add that, Draymond Green, but then you add in the three guys on the Celtics in, in Smart, White, in, in Hartford who didn't do anything at all compared to game one with the guys on the Golden State Warriors, like a Draymond Green, who came with the energy, the level that you talked about, the intimidation factor that you talked about, and then Steph Curry just knocking down buckets left and right. And although Klay Thompson didn't do uh, anything significant, he still hit a couple key buckets from time to time. Jordan Poole late in the game extended the lead by doing the things that he was supposed to be doing. Looney added his key to things. And that's the same thing that they basically did in game one, the difference, in my opinion, Jay, you're the expert on the basketball side on this show, is that the three guys for the Boston Celtics didn't show up. And, and when you don't show up, you don't get the same thing that you got in game one. Jason Tatum did 
essentially whatever he wanted to do out there, the same thing, kind of thing that he did in game one. The difference was those three guys didn't contribute, and that's why they wind up going down 107-88. to 88. So Horford, White, and Smart in game one combined for 65 points. In game two, they combined for 16 points. No, oh, they and- defended Horford last night. Okay. Again, I'm giving Golden State a lot of credit. Obviously, their defensive tenacity was on a higher level than what it was, and it was sustained throughout the entire course of the game. But you got to give me more than two points, Al Horford. (laughs) Marcus Smart, you have to give me more than two points. Like, you know, Derek White gave you you 12 (laughs) points off the bench. How old is like guys? 36? I, just, I don't yeah, care though. No, no, I don't care saying, if he's no, no. fifty. But what I'm saying he's is, if you if you sag off him and give him open looks, he's going to hit some shots. If if you if the idea is we're not going to let Horford score, I don't know what he uh, you know like. At this but damn stage, no, Max. But Max, but Max, it's the shots. NBA, man. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on, stop. He took four <laughs> shots. Marcus Smart took six shots in 25 minutes. Yeah, you got to be more aggressive. All right, Robert Williams, one shot, two points. You had three starters with two points. Three. Jay, you played in the NBA, man. I ain't never played in the NBA, but please tell you me. You don't got to play difficult. in the NBA, kid. But please tell me. About. I know, but please tell me it's not that difficult to get more than two points, man. That's what it I'm saying. Be. That's what you, like, there's a level where, look. Is it an issue just of aggression? I, I, you know, Stephen A. Smith said complacency last night. I don't I don't know if I, I don't. Because I, I thought that, they were going to win in the first half. Uh, look, the. In the first half of the game, I'm like, oh, damn. I, well, J- because I Jalen expected- Brown was boogieing in the first quarter. Yeah, and J- especially game. early Jalen mm-hmm. Brown. And then Tatum, cons- I-, I was thinking, yo, the Warriors are about to go down 0- I was- still wouldn't have thought the series is over. But the Warriors might go down 0-2. Because mm-hmm. especially, I have not been accustomed to seeing Steph Curry in second halves of final series without KD – Take over. And the question last night was, could Steph Curry do it? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise, and we're going to get into that next. But first, Jay has this from FanDuel. You can have that argument next, Jay. Always (laughs) comes back to it, doesn't it? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Most days, and, and but on Sundays at 4.30, we do a call, a show-wide Zoom call. We do a lot of calls. To, to, yes, but on Sundays <laughs> at 4.30, we do a show, you know, because we're prepping for, the, for, for Monday. We just start getting ideas out there, what we think about stuff and everything. And So we're in the middle of our Zoom call, <laughs> and all of a sudden we hear this. I always thought when the NBA had the lockout season, they were at their best. Um when they play, I'm gonna undo all y'all lights in y'all rooms because y'all don't do them but leave y'all lights on. 
expect for me to pay for them. Right, that's so <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't even realize no, Oh, my God. Dude, I just got my water bills. Like, what are y'all doing? All I'm saying, James, if you leave a room, turn the light off when you leave the damn room. That, that's all. That's, no, that's I'm all like, yes, me and Carl. Hey. Jen, I didn't realize they wasn't mute. Be quiet. I was telling London <laughs> that I'm going to unscrew all the light bulbs in their rooms because every light is going to hurt. Well, Andy's we room. have additional content, James. Oh, y'all thought that's funny, huh? Yeah, it's hey. true, though, man. I mean, we, it's key you went into full dad mode in the I middle of the it. Zoom on your that's kids. Well, man, look, at the end of the day, we're headed out to dinner or to brunch, better yet. It was brunch because it was it was uh, 1.30, 4.30 our time. 4.30 your time, 1.30 my time, and, and I had been telling them, all right, it's time to go for 15 minutes. And I usually, you know, I try to walk around and just make sure everything is turned off the way it needs to be. No stoves are on, nothing, you know, no, nothing crazy. And I happen to just go upstairs to the room, and they got every damn light on in every room. Closet lights, room lights, oh, bathroom God. lights, hallway to the bathroom <laughs> lights. You know, it's like, come on. Seriously? It's like that like, commercial where you turn into your parents. Like, and, what is it about but, fathers we hate when the lights are left not on? Even that. It's no, it's when, not it's even that. Man, I don't want to pay the damn bills. It's yeah. when That's the light why. is on and they see it on and they, and they walk it. right by it. Yeah. Like, Dude, I will turn you, oh. all my, Jay, I'll turn all my lights off in my house and be in the one room where we're watching TV or whatever mm-hmm. in the, or in the family room. The lights are on. Everywhere else, there's no lights. I'll leave and move around or something, come back. Every damn light on in the house. For no reason at all. I mean, it, it's, it, it drives me crazy. And I continue to keep telling them, in a minute, we ain't going to have no lights. We're going to be like one of those, you know, whatever you call us people. Light bulbs. Yeah, I'm going to unscrew their light bulbs. But we're going to be like those people that we ain't going to have no gas. We're going to have to use wood. I for got our another food. one for you, Keith. I got another <laughs> yeah. one for you. Summertime, you, be on a summertime you got the AC on, but you got the windows open. How? Well, how? How are you going to have the windows open with the AC on? Close the door. We're not trying to air condition the whole neighborhood. <laughs> You're right. Man, you, it don't you work. You know those things are just on about Max. Pick one. Jeez. <laughs> Sometimes it's a fine line between good defense or turnover offense. Stolen by Curry. Curry one on four, two on four. Pulls from the top for three and hits it. That's amazing. He just keeps keeps working on his game, his, his strength, his conditioning year after year, and it's a, it's a pleasure to watch him play. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN2, the ESPN app. Download the app. See, play ESPN to pop up on your smart speaker, and you can, of course, download the podcast. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, you could say, oh, the media narrative, this and that. I never think that I write a script for a player or anything like that. I think they write the script. I just read the script. And, are you happy and, with the script? Well, Steph is an all, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. Um, when people like Jay Will whose basketball opinion you have to take very seriously, say when it's all said and done, he's going to be a top 10 player of all time. I I think to myself, hold on, hold on. Without KD, like with KD on the Warriors team, everyone had their chest out because there's no way you could beat that team. You had another MVP all-time great to Steph and Clay and Trey. It's over. It's a wrap, man. Done. But on the non-KD teams where Steph is clearly the best player and – you need juice in that fourth quarter at home in a finals game. There have been too many games that I've noticed where that hasn't happened. And I wanted to see Steph in a finals. Like, you know, for example, f- last four and a half minutes of game seven 
you know, obviously fourth quarter at home, 73-win team. They don't score a single point. You're talking right? about back in 2015. In 16, yeah. 16. 15, you know, very lucky that the second and third best players can't play. They can't show up on the court. And there have been, since then, I'm watching what happens with Steph. So, game one, oh, my God, my texts are blowing up. Steph, he hits six threes, da-da-da. I get it, I get it, I get it. Let's see what happens in the second half. And, of course, nothing. Nothing happens, and they lose at home. Now it's game two. And I said on my max facts, Jay, on this just in, 2 p.m. Eastern ESPN, I said Steph's going to take over second half of game two. I want him to do it, by the way, and I think he's due. But I got to tell you, when I'm watching the game, I'm like, oh, damn, the Celtics might mess around and win this game. And to Steph's credit, here comes the second half of, if it's not a must-win game, it's a pretty damn good idea to win game, down already 0-1 at home. No KD on the team. Clay not playing well. They needed something. Steph stepped up and looked like Steph Curry in the second half, dancing around, jump, taking deep threes, you know, sidestepping guys, dancing on them. Like, it looked like Steph. <laughs> and they won the game. I mean, the first game he looked like Steph, too, by the way. Not late in the game. Well, unless you think looking like Steph late in the game in the finals is – Missing well, a lot of shots and stuff no, because think, that did happen. I think he looked a little bit gassed, but I, I didn't. My biggest takeaway from game number one wasn't that Steph let his team down huh? when it mattered the most. I, I didn't think they got anything from anybody else. My, my big takeaway in game one, I hear what you're saying, but it's like, well, Steph was really good early in the game. But Max, and then you, in crunch time, he was Max, good. You, you go into games with narratives and you want to see that narrative debunked throughout the course of the game. I go into games thinking about what the overall narrative might be, but still letting the game reveal the narrative to me. Yeah. Interesting. Right? Yeah, Interesting that, that Steph Curry is third on a scoring list in the first two playoff games in the finals behind Michael Jordan twice. Uh, it was Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> Steph Curry, then LeBron James. That's interesting. So, okay, if, six, you're, if you're a high – 63 points in his first two NBA Finals games. The next closest player has 31 points in Wiggins. Just let me finish, Max. Fifth player over the last 25 years to score twice as many points as the next closest. 34 years old, 6'3 guard, averaging, tw- averaging 32 points per game. And I- I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's um, when you watch the gravity, the attraction that he has on the court last night – there were probably 90% of possessions where I saw two or three guys. Man, they was coming at him. him. I, I don't two know how you guys did it. Yes, him. last night is uh, – if you're trying Same to say I'm not one, giving – by the way. If, if you're saying I'm not trying to give him credit for last night, the opposite. I'm saying, yup, no. that's what I'm talking about. But let's, let's break down to 63 points. He had more points game one than in game two. Where did he play better? Just be honest about it. Where did he play better? Which Steph would you rather, rather have had? Game one Steph, who's hitting all the open looks in the first quarter – or game two. Uh, but, obviously, but, Max, you would rather have Steph in game two because yes. he finished strong and yes. his legs and his legs was underneath he him. Did. He didn't have a rest of five, six days. He just had a rest of a couple days. So it was a totally different look than game one. Mm-hmm. And can I tell you why? Oh, I agree with can that. Can I tell you yeah. why it happened, Max? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what Boston's doing, but they kept targeting Al Horford. I mean, Al Horford, if we talk about Draymond Green getting punished and soft closeouts and being somewhat lazy on the defensive end in game one, we got to call that out for Al Horford in game two because Steph kept finding ways to get Al Horford on him, yep. and Al Horford cannot settle and be in drop coverage. He's you can't, Steph you can't, Curry. You can't do yeah. that off ball screens. Like, yeah. I'm going to do a breakdown on get up where it's like three or four possessions. I'm like, yo, Al, you got to get out there. 
Like, you got to push up on these ball screens and force Steph to try to beat you off the dribble because if he comes off a ball screen or if you switch on him, then you got to press him. But he's kind of – wouldn't you say, Jay, though, he would be kind of – in in no man's land yes. because if he if he pushes up on him and he blow by him so I think he was just he was he was in one of those situations where there's nothing I could do yeah but Ke- you I, know? I, I, yeah once Warford is on Steph you win but I yeah. want to be in no man's land I want to force him to drive I want to force him to be a decision maker and I'd rather him take a two than a three well it, but if he becomes a decision maker and all of a sudden he drives and you collapse and he kick now you don't know if he kick in the clay. I mean, you don't know if he kick in the Wiggins. You don't yeah. know if he kick in the Jordan Poole in the corner. But there's like, nothing you don't that could be worse. Key. There's no. There's I'll no take my chances that, on the other team, the yeah. other guys, more so than you. Steph. I know. I, I get it, but that's still poison, right? You. Because yeah. because Wiggins obviously can knock it down. Clay, you already know what that is. Catch and shoot is ridiculous. And then Jordan Poole, all of a sudden, he gets hot and he becomes a mini uh, uh, Steph. So. I mean, I guess there's nothing you can do is what I'm saying. It's just nothing they can do. Right. But pick your poison. In other words, the worst poison is, wait, you're going to let Steph wide open with Horford with Horford playing drop coverage on him. That's the worst outcome you could have, right? It'd better to pick a different poison. I'll say this. Steph, I, I want to get back to it. 29 points last night, 34 game one. Yes. So when people just point, oh, look at the 63 points. I don't care about that. Game two is what I'm talking about. In the second half of the game that you need to win against a team that's beating you and has already beaten you game one, in the finals, on your home floor, do you show up? When, By the way, when the odds are not overwhelmingly in your favor, when there is no KD. But they have, all showed up, no, Max. No, I, I get it, Key, but there have been too many they games. They all didn't show up in game one. But, but, but it's Steph's team. Key, what I'm saying is there have been too many games in Steph's career where I was looking for that, and I didn't find it but last night it was there the reason the Warriors won is the second half of the game right although I appreciate your your Draymond points and Mm -hmm. probably that feeds into it but it's because Steph when they needed him to in the finals in the second half was the best player on the floor so that's what I'm looking for so is the reason why Boston lost because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown didn't come through in the second half no no, I would not say that. So you that don't hold the other team's best player as accountable as you hold Steph? No, I don't. I'm not, we're not talking about Jason Tatum yeah, I, being and, a top and, 10 and all-time you, player. Look, think about it, though. Max, Jason Tatum had 21 points in the first half and seven in the second half. Yeah, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. I don't hear. Well, I don't no. hear that big narrative though. Like Jason Tatum. Didn't because show up. guys, this is the first finals he's played in. We have to wait for the story to emerge. Steph in 15. And 16. But, 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 I, I hear what you're yes. saying. I hear what you're saying. Right, that's I, what I'm saying. Steph had 30, but Steph had 34 in the first game. He did? And he didn't play as well in the second half. Right. So it, it's – and Jason Tatum didn't play well at all in the first game. Mm-hmm. So, like, all I'm saying well, – uh, he, he, no, he, he set the finals uh, assist. Uh, a record for yeah, assists. Yeah, but scoring-wise, he didn't yeah, play. Yeah, he didn't no, score he didn't, at he didn't, all. He didn't score. He didn't score. Uh, so, he played solid saying, defense and assists. Well, no, I, I do not have the same exact energy for Tatum that I have for Steph. I understand because, they're different. Because Steph is – look, Tatum, first finals game, couldn't well, score, contributed another way. Got his scoring going in the second game. Let's see how this unfolds for Tatum. But Steph Curry is being talked about by Jay Will – 
as top ten player potentially of all time. Yes. So and and we have a much bigger book on Steph's finals performances. Yes. And if we're going to sit here and pretend that there isn't something about the second half of finals games when their teams are evenly matched without KD. Come on, man. We know there's something. Oh, so, so he did it last night. I'm celebrating that. He did it. But, you know, like, so that's what I'm talking bad, about. Bad that's celebration, Max. About. It's a bad celebration. <laughs> it's a bad celebration. He came through in the second half of a finals game. <laughs> Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I said yesterday this was a legacy moment for Ja Morant coming up. And I'm telling you guys last night, it was block office. Oh, he was ridiculously block office. He was block office. You know about that, right, Key? Block office, Jay. He just got him blockbuster in box office. Yes. Jordan Poole on skates. Oh, Lord. Jay, I have no idea what block office is. That must be Duke English or something. But Blockbuster. What? I said block office. Yeah, you said you talk box office and blockbuster. You didn't even realize you said block office. I said it again, and you talk about, yeah, he was dealing and willing. I'm coming in hot. I like how... I like how Key is on you, and then he says dealing and wheeling. It's wheeling and dealing. First things first. (laughs) Sometimes in the mornings, it's not firing like I would like for it to. Not just for you, Jay, for us all. Yeah, um, it happens from time to time. Late night games, early mornings. You might get Key and I saying some. You ever ever hear me? You just heard it. You ever hear me try to do a sports center read at 630? Yeah, go ahead, Key. But I was going to say that's the best sports talk radio in the morning. Is not trying to be perfect. We say what we say, and it is what it is. You you know what the hell I meant, <laughs> right? That's, isn't that the main point block of language office, is baby. to communicate the idea? I gotta tell you, hey, and, look, and, and I'm, and not, key, I'm not I'm not standing up office every day too. I'm not standing GP. in front of I'm not standing in front of 1,500 people at a convention in Las Vegas to have to speak the king's English. So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wheeling and dealing in block office. Hey, Quinn Snyder resigned on Sunday. 
So this is the head coach of the Utah Jazz. And Donovan Mitchell, their best player, is described as, and this is a quote, unsettled, unnerved, and wondering what it means for the franchise's future. This is what sources told our very own Adrian Wojnarowski. Donovan Mitchell considered uh, Quinn Snyder a significant part of you know his thought process in terms of committing to a five-year max extension in 2020. Mm-hmm. See, for me, it would have been the money. Would been all that money. That would have been all money. <laughs> ah, me and you both, right, Max? Uh, yeah, right. I'm saying, hey, Quinn, you're here. That's great. Hey, Key. But if someone else is there, that's the great check too. Is the same. <laughs> nah. uh, Quinn Snyder's decision has left Mitchell, and this is a quote, surprised and disappointed. Sources told Woj. Mm. Well, joining. Well, let, hold on. Let's let's talk about this, Jay. Mm-hmm. What does all, th- all this mean? <laughs> Look, frankly, I've known Quinn Snyder since I was 16 years old. He recruited me at Duke. Uh, I think he is a brilliant Back mind basketball-wise. Uh, I think, he, you know, obviously when you think about it, he has 372 wins, which are the second most by a head coach in jazz history behind Jerry Sloan, who was a Hall of Famer. Um They've been trying to woo him back for a minute to sign an extension. So him turning the job down, to me, indicates, like, this team needs to be blown up. Like, I, I don't see any other factor behind it other than it doesn't work in Utah. It doesn't. And if that's Mike Conley, if that's Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, you know, this team had a 3-1 lead a couple years ago. They lose that lead in the bubble. So uh, they've had the talent. They just haven't been able to get over the hump. I th- now, look, you bring in D. Wade, part of the new ownership group, okay, to become closer to Donovan Mitchell, to build a relationship with Donovan Mitchell. This is somebody with a championship pedigree that has built a franchise down in Miami on his shoulders. I don't see them letting go of Donovan Mitchell. I see them letting go of Rudy Gobert, the defensive player of the year, way before they let go of Donovan Mitchell. Now, if Donovan Mitchell wants to be somewhere else key, then he needs to state that. But Donovan Mitchell also not backing Quinn Snyder and not saying anything publicly lets me kind of know, like, what else is going on there in Utah? Because if Donovan Mitchell really liked Quinn Snyder and felt that way, you know, typically key franchise players come out and they speak about, I don't like that decision. Or how are we dealing with this? Who else are we replacing? And what other personnel people? I I'm saying instead of of after the fact saying, I am shocked and unnerved. Well, he didn't say that. That's what we're yeah, yeah. saying right, is right. word from him. Right. But if you're a star player, LeBron James has spoken about, okay, like, I don't like, or LeBron James didn't say anything about Frank Vogel. Okay. That kind of gives you an indication that he was part of that decision. Is that same with Donovan Mitchell? But, Jay, you, you, I, I know uh, Quinn Schneider won a lot of games in, in Utah, and, and every year they seem to be in the playoffs, hanging around and in the hunt. But outside of the bubble, they really haven't pushed the envelope, right? Oh, Unless they, they I'm let missing you something. No, you're right. They let you down every year. Now, I mean, am, am I missing year. something? No, you're right. Okay, so no matter who it is at the helm in Utah, they're never going to get back. And I, I don't want to say never. It doesn't seem like they're going to get back to the call Malone, Stockton, uh, 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 B. Russ, which also didn't get team. over the hump, by the way, Key. They well, also but didn't win but one. but that team was homegrown. Mm-hmm. 
That's the only way, and I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it again until I turn blue in the face, which, would, you know, is going to be kind of hard. But um, small market teams have to grow organically because it's very difficult to lure high-priced talent to cities like that. It's just hard to do. Especially when they close at like 8 p.m. or whatever, you know, like <laughs> 8 p.m., right? They well, close okay. down early. Can I it's just hard when you think yeah. about it, Jay, and you played in this league. Portland, hard to lure free agents. Utah's different. Utah's hard. I mean, it's just, it's hard. Milwaukee is hard. Even though they was able to make a trade for Drew Holiday, it, Giannis and Middleton, it's homegrown. Yeah, who was the I, forward? Who was the forward that signed with Milwaukee maybe eight years ago, and it was like for fifteen million a year? And I, I when that happened, I thought that's the that's the first time I can remember. He wasn't even like an A type, you know, top free agent, but he was solid. I was like, that's the first time I can remember a dude signing for that kind of money in a market like Milwaukee. You know, Key is right. You either get drafted there or they trade for you. They normally you don't normally don't sign there. So this is just my opinion. And, you know, I, I've known a lot of players that have played in Utah that tell me they're not the most fond of the city. I think the city's incredible. I've never lived there. I don't know what that daily lifestyle is, Key. And this is, once again, only subjective, right? I, a couple of things that you hear around the league as it relates to Donovan Mitchell is, you know, when we went through a lot of George Floyd stuff and Black Lives Matter, a lot of that was delicate for some people in Utah, right? Um how things were dealt with as it relates to Rudy Gobert. There were some issues there between him and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, there was a game, Key, where Donovan Mitchell only passed the ball to Rudy Gobert once. I don't give a damn what nobody says. If we're all on the basketball court together, Key, just by default, I'm going to pass the ball to you at least four or five times. Come on, come on. So by one time, like, that is deliberate. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff about how they're managing all that. Personally, I'm not sure if Donovan Mitchell is the fondest of Utah. Now, he got a bag of money, right? But we all know how this goes, Key. If a player does not want to be to someplace. It's $200 million. I don't give a damn if you're on the moon. hundred <laughs> percent. By yourself. I'm playing on the moon. Give me that astronaut suit. <laughs> so, I, I, look, I, I don't know whether Donovan Mitchell wants to stay in Utah, wants to leave Utah. I'm just pointing towards, and I have not spoken to D. Mitch. I'm just pointing towards some of the, some of the signs that you hear from the inner talks around the league centered around one, him and the Utah Jazz. One of the what? things, one of the things, guys, I was thinking, like, if Gordon Hayward never gets hurt and you can add Donovan Mitchell and you have, like, for a market like Utah, for it to work and to make a, a championship run for real, you, they have much less of a margin for error. You know, you can't, everything has to go right. It didn't. It's time to break it up, it looks but like. But even with Gordon Hayward getting hurt, he bolted. He didn't stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but if right, exactly. But if if you had a guy like Hayward there at his best with Donovan Mitchell and Gobert, and they're all getting along, you have a shot. Quinn Snyder's a smart dude. I'm trying to tell you, I've spoken to him. He's very aware of circumstances and situations around him. For him not to sign an extension is a red flag for me that something isn't something isn't being done right in Utah. He sees he sees. There, that there's trouble. And by the way, he's going to land another job. Like, he'll land oh, yeah. another job. Oh, big yeah. time. Is there, anything, quickly. Is, is there anything open right now, Jay? I, I mean, Charlotte mean. is still open, but I, he wouldn't be. But, I mean, even if he took a year no, off. No, I, I just I, – I wasn't – I mean, I know the Lakers and Sacramento is done. 
I just didn't know what else would be open when you said that. Charlotte. Charlotte's but, the only one that's left. I mean, he'll get another job. So well, that's yeah, a within sign. a year or two, something will open Easily. up. And, and if he's as smart Easily. as you're saying, Jay, and he's a very good coach, I think, then he'll, you know, the right thing will come along and he'll grab it. I mean, the, the, the question that it comes down to is can Donovan Mitchell be a, a lead guard on a team? I, I think he can be. I think circumstances need to be correct. Can, can, can we can be I honest you, about can this I, for can, a second? Can, can, can I ask you a germ-spreading question, Jay? Sure. Do you think that Donovan Mitchell has a different relationship with Quinn Snyder? And the reason I ask you that is because when Max says something will come up, something will be open. You guys are sitting in New York. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is an East Coast guy. Could Quinn Snyder be sitting? Package deal. Yeah. Waiting. And then maybe Donovan slide there. Could that be something? I have no idea. All I know is. No, I know you don't. I'm just saying, could it be? Donovan Mitchell Sr. is the personnel director for the New York Mets. He was born and raised in the Connecticut Greenwich area here, very close to New York. There are a lot of those type of similarities. I don't know if that equates to the New York Knicks yet. Hey, Frank, but a lot of people have been doing that for Frank a while. Frank Isola, Yes Network, Sirius XM, NBA Radio, Around the Horn is with us now. Frank, um, Jay asked the question, can Donovan Mitchell be the lead guard on a championship caliber team? At his height, my thought is he's an act tremendous player. I'd love Donovan Mitchell. But given his height, I think you got to shoot it a little better than him, right, to be the number one guard on a championship-caliber team, Frank? It's funny that you bring up his height. A lot of people don't talk about that a lot. He is a bit undersized. I, I tend to agree with you. And I like Donovan Mitchell, but he's also one of these guys, whenever he has a good game, we have to hear about how, the conversation he had with Dwayne Wade before the game, and Dwayne Wade told him to do this. Then he has a lot of stinkers in the playoffs as well. So for whatever reason, that partnership with him, him, and, him and Rudy Gobert has done well during the regular season. But I thought last year, if you go back to the playoffs, remember, the Clippers had to beat them twice without Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they were in a perfect position to the very least get to the conference finals, and it didn't happen. And remember another thing, too. With Danny Ainge taking on a bigger role in Utah, you know Danny is always thinking big, looking to big looking to make big moves. I, I think Utah is going to be one of these teams that's going to be doing a lot of that this summer. Frank, if you were the Utah Jazz, understanding a little bit of the history with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, even though Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year multiple times, do you, do you keep these two together? Can they coexist? I mean, it does seem like we're always hearing about their relationship. They're getting along. They're not getting along. They like each other. No two players – comment on a relationship more than those two guys uh, comment on the relationship with each other. I still think it could work. I mean, Rudy Gobert frustrates at times. But let's face it, how many times have you seen him being defended by a much smaller player and he's having trouble catching the ball, gathering himself under the basket, elevating and dunking over people? I mean, Frank, you know, he, he, he got targeted in that Dallas series. I mean, they 100%. went small and you couldn't play with him on the court. That's right. They, I mean, Luka Doncic was going out. They wanted to get him in pick and roll the entire game. I know. I think there are play, you know, there are teams that would want him. I mean, Danny Ainge is, you know, for the most part, always uh, worked with a center. I, I would tend to think that Danny Ainge would try to trade uh, Rudy Gobert before he would try to trade Donovan Mitchell. I, I just think that's a team that's because a lot's going to happen. Let's face it, they had the best record in the West last year, and you know they ended up getting knocked out in the second round to a Clipper team that didn't have Kawhi Leonard for the last two games. They're in a perfect position to at least get to a conference finals, and, and it didn't happen for them. So, you know, the, the, the Quinn Snyder thing 
surprises me a little bit just the timing of it because their season ended so long ago. So that part of it is a little odd. But, again, I think with Danny Ainge in charge there, I think a lot of things are going to happen. Frank Isola, Yes Network, Series XM NBA Radio. Join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Speaking of Quinn Snyder, did he do the right thing, Frank? Did he do the right thing by getting out of Utah? Well, remember, I mean, I think he's going to be – he's definitely going to get another job uh, when, if and when one opens up relatively soon. You know, but you did hear about him being connected to the Lakers while the regular season was going on. So maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't want that job. Maybe, you know, the Laker job is the Lakers, but right this moment, it's probably not the greatest job. Maybe he didn't want to be in a position to turn that down. But eight years is a long time. Maybe he's thinking it's it's time to try something different. The guy's definitely going to be able to get a job sooner than later. My man Frank Isola, around the horn panelist, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Willamax. Frank, let's go back to this game, game two last night at the Chase uh, Arena. Which, by the way, it felt more like oracles. Like, oh. There are other fans. So welcome back to the series. I, I, I talked a lot this morning about the kind of job description of Draymond Green, right? Agitator, a uh, guy that provokes people. And he was at his finest moment last night in game two. And a lot of these aren't stats that will show up in the box score. But damn, like he made his imprint on the game. What did you see from him in game two that was different than him in game one? Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right about the agitator. I think the Warriors kind of approached that game like it was a game seven. Draymond was getting under everyone's skin. I thought the conversation between Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, and Steve Jabby was fascinating about really what could have been a double technical, which would have ejected Draymond Green, you know, when he got into it with uh, Jalen Brown. But, you know, let's face it, we know that sometimes things do get officiated differently. Same thing in soccer when a guy has his first yellow card, the referees know. So unless it's like something really egregious, a lot of times they're not just necessarily going to pull that second yellow card. It's very very similar to last night. I think I thought Draymond Green did enough to get to get a, a second technical, but you know I think Zach Zarber and that crew didn't want that to be you know they they obviously didn't think it crossed the line. But the way that he played last night was the way he has to play, and the way Steph Curry played. I I still don't understand why back in Game One, when you have all these days off be, between Game One and Two. Why was Steph Curry only playing 38 minutes? What were we saving him for? Steph, Steph Curry couldn't have played 45 minutes. I thought the Warriors' arrogance kind of in game one came back to haunt them a little bit. And I think last night was more representative of the way that the team plays and knowing that they desperately needed a win. I don't, I don't think they're winning that series. If, if we've seen teams do it before, I don't think they're winning that series if they lost last night. Yeah, when you look at it, Frank, you you talk about Steph's minutes in game one and the arrogance. And I – I felt like that they were kind of, I don't know, lack of days ago at the same time, kind of just, oh, we got this. It's the Celtics. We're, yep. you know, we've been there, done that before. With that being said, though, two games in, what do you make of Steph's amazing performance Talk, uh, uh, on the point total-wise and also the second half of the second game? Yeah, I, I thought, like, the ability to make plays is huge. And obviously everyone was talking about the way that he defended. I, I do think it's funny. There's been so much discussion. We never used to talk about who's going to be the finals MVP before the, uh, you know, before a series even starts. And, you know, there's been so much talk about Steph. And he's had unbelievable finals games. And he had to have that last night. But I thought his ability to make plays, you know, they, they kept showing that one replay where he's, you know, he dribbles into the paint. And then Andrew Wiggins is cutting to the basket. I just thought he did a better job 
making plays for his teammates, and I also think his supporting cast was a lot better than Jason Tatum's supporting cast was. Right. Again, I kind of felt that they treated that like a game like a game seven. You know, Steph played 38 minutes in game one. He played 32 minutes in three quarters last night and didn't, obviously didn't have to play the fourth. But I, I thought it, when you talk about big, you know, big name players playing big and big moments. That was Steph Curry last night. Frank, they needed that game. There, we have like less than a minute right now, but my criticism has been, or my my question has been, you know, without KD on the team, there I have not noticed a lot of late game heroics by Steph in games the Warriors have needed to win in the finals. I saw it last night. Uh, is that something new for Steph, or are you claiming this is just par for the course for him? To me, that was something new. Yeah, I, I, I do. I'll, I'll bet you that that game seven loss to Cleveland stings for him a lot. You know, the, the most memorable moment was probably late in the game where Kevin Love was isolated on him and he really couldn't get a good shot off. So I, mm-hmm. you know, out of all the games that Steph Curry's played in his career, that has to rank up there as the most disappointing because they had the three-one series lead, like no dream on a game in, in game five. But I, I agree with you. His, uh, you know. That was Steph Curry last night. That is Frank Isola this morning. Thanks as always, Frank. Baby. We're right back. All right, Frank. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's The Podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.